The following podcast is brought to you by the BICBP Radio Network. Your home for comic book talk every week right here on the BICBP Radio Network. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts alongside, as always, Greg Knowlton. And are you excited or something? <laughs> yep. <laughs> we are excited, man. December is uh, we're about in the middle of December already, right? What is it? The Dude, so from the day we're recording this episode, the day we release is tomorrow. So... 14 days till Christmas from the day of release, 15 from the day of recording. Bro, I haven't <laughs> I haven't started any of my shopping yet. I've got my wife's done. That's the important I got one. my mom because my wife picked it out. I just had to pay for it. But I am in I'm in deep dookie. <laughs> oh. I had my mom's gifts picked out and she already knows this, but I was going to buy her the baby Yoda plush and I was like, "Doesn't come out till March." Oh, really? Stupid. <laughs> How does that make any sense? I, dude, they're not releasing anything until March. And I was like, like, what do you – Disney. That's <laughs> literally – you would have probably sold out of those. That's what Disney's supposed to do. They would have killed it in Christmas time. Mm-hmm. The Funko isn't coming out until March, and they're releasing two. They're releasing a regular size and an 11-inch. Oh. Why? But, <laughs> you know, well, I can't say what I'm going to say. Well, yeah, Mother's Day is right around March. <laughs> Sort of. Yes, it is. So May? March, April, May? Yeah, so either Easter or Mother's Day. My mom already knows she's getting it at some point. Well, that's good. Your mom is so cool. I got to say that. She sucks. All right, everybody. We are talking <laughs> toys today. Just kidding, today. Mom. <laughs> we are talking more toys today <laughs> in theme for the month of December. And, uh, yeah, I mean, we've been rock and roll. Last week we did He-Man and we did... Transformers. Transformers. That's right. We did. And Robots in a pie. I'm hungry now. I'm always hungry, though. Uh, <laughs> but today, I, we wanted to, I mean, we kind of went out of, I'm not going to say out of the box, but we reached uh, deeper than I box. think we normally would go. Yeah. You know, it was pretty good. I chose to do Stretch Armstrong today, which I've never owned a Stretch Armstrong toy. My dad what? did. Yeah, I've sheltered life. Uh, they do sell them now, so I do want to try and get one. But um, And you did uh, Micronauts? The Micronauts. Okay. Which I have not ever owned a Micronaut because they were just a tad before my time. Like what time period? To like say? 70s. They oh, were like okay. a 70s figure, yeah. Okay. Yeah, Stretch Armstrong kind of was uh, too. I got his uh, his information right here. Uh, yeah, 1976, and he was made by Kenner Toys. Kenner was uh, Kenner Toys did the original Star Wars line, oh, the original yeah. Star Wars action figure line. I learned that. The one is the, that the one I have the Han Solo from? I think is Kenner. It might be. Might be. I mean, they went out of business a long time. Is that the original Han Solo one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's that's probably <laughs> definitely it. Um, yeah, they did. Like I know David Adams here in Buffalo, New York. They have all those on display. Yes. Um, those are all Zenner and. Like really, really cool toys. So this was really imaginative. Uh, but eventually, uh, Hasbro actually currently owns it because Kenner uh, isn't really in existence anymore. But Hasbro kind of owns the rights to it. I mean, they, they really own everything 
classic toys nowadays. He just kind of bought everybody out. But, uh, yeah, I mean, these always look cool. I've always wondered what he was, like, made of. Like, how do you get that? And why isn't there a Mr. Fantastic toy that's done like that? And he, he, there might very well be. But It would be awesome. It would be so cool. So cool. I mean, that one right there, it says it stretches, but I don't know to what extent. I might have to open the box and find out. It says it has super stretch arms. I don't think he stretches that much. Not that much, but maybe a little bit. Uh, But, yeah, Stretch Armstrong, he's actually made of latex rubber filled with gelled corn syrup, Uh, which I'm like, that's gross but cool at the same time. But, uh, like, that, you know, those ingredients, they allow him to, like, retain his shape for stretching out. And they say um, he can stretch out. His original size, Stretch Armstrong, is about 15 inches. Uh, but if, if done right, you can actually stretch him out to be about four to five feet long. I didn't. That's something I did not know. That's what she said? <laughs> <laughs> that's impressive. <laughs> that is damn impressive. <laughs> um, <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, he was uh, the toy concept. I got to you know acknowledge this was created by Jesse Horowitz. Uh, he worked for Kenner, and the idea was approved and by the you know VP of them, and they let it go. So uh, it was really cool. I didn't realize this either. They had uh, idea. They wanted two figures like that. They wanted a sumo wrestler, and what we got with with uh, Stretch Armstrong. Mm-hmm. And the sumo wrestler was too big, so it wouldn't work. And But they that put it in. Sense. They put it out. And, you know, it's sold huge. So uh, there's been apparently 67 different versions of him, which I found. Some of these names are, are kind of cool. Stretch Monster. Uh, let's see. Stretch X-Ray. There's, like, so many different, like, names in different countries, different interpretations of them. Uh, and they did, like, they, oh, they do. Yo, they have other figures like this. Uh, they have a Mega Elastic Batman that came out in like the nineteen late nineteen seventies eighties. Incredible Hulk, Plastic Man, that's a Kimmy. That's a good one. Um, Gumby and Pokey, of course. You know that's <laughs> you got to go with that. They're obviously, two very popular comic book advertisements uh, way back in the day. But uh, yeah, I mean it's a pretty unique toy. I mean. It, when you think classic toys, Stretch Armstrong has oh, always worn that, sure. you know, comes to mind, along with, like, the Etch-A-Sketch and, and, and so many other things. But, uh, you know, they're just immortalized in the, you know, Toy Hall of Fame. And rightfully so. It's a it's a really cool toy. Uh, you don't really see that innovation out of toy makers nowadays, you know, being able to come up with something yeah. like that. It's, it's not the same. And, um, oh, man, I'm trying to think. I had this one. I found them immediately. This Stretch Armstrong Humongor. I had that. And I was, I was oh, it's the think, vacuum pump one. Yeah. Okay. I had, I, I think we had a couple of them. Um, but because I think they came out in like the late or early 2000s, late 90s, maybe. Okay. He's worth $500 now. Really? Every time I look at toys, I get so sad because I definitely have a lot of money worth of toys. I, I know. I, I opened them all up. Obviously, oh, this was o- this was closed, or this was open. That one that was worth five hundred. Really, it was open. Unbelievable. You, you know, could- it, I I I get so mad at my parents because they used to do this thing where one of them would discreetly take us away, like, "Hey guys, we're gonna go bowling tonight," <laughs> and the other one would just raid our toy chest, and it was a wrap. Like, I'm like, where do my where do my toys go? 
Like, here I am, 28 years old, and I'm like, I still wish I had those toys. I yeah. would probably play with a lot of them. Like yes. That. Oh, for sure. Especially now that we have this place. <laughs> oh, yeah. Dude, we'd have so much set, stuff to set up. Aladdin, but like, Stretch Armstrong. I might end up, like, finding a Stretch Armstrong now online. <laughs> it's. I think they re, they sell them at Target. Oh, do the they? The newer version, because Hasbro mm-hmm. re-released it. Oh, yeah, that's so right. So I, I think I did see one at Target, uh, and I'm sure other places as well, but... And then, should I talk about mine now, or should I? Yeah, go let's ahead. talk about go mine ahead. now. I yeah, so I did the Micronauts, um, and I didn't know too much about them. But I've heard of them, but I'm not super familiar with them. Yeah, so and and it's kind of cool some of the implicate or the some of the effects they've had on things we know and love now. But um, they were made in Japan originally. Called there was a toy line called Microman. Um, by the t- company Takara in 1974, and then they were made only for four short years in the U.S. by another company, Mego. Um, and they actually had some like of the the toys here. Uh, there's Acro Gear was released by Takara, and then there's Biotron, which is the, they're weird. They're really hard to explain. They're like. Robot people. Did they come up before Transformers? Cause, I mean, I see a lot of... 70s. See, now that you show me that, yeah. they look super familiar. I think David Adams sold them as well, and I used to confuse them uh, with Transformers. At least I feel like I did. Um, yeah. They're, well, they have vehicles. They have ships. There's... Those there are... A, oh, my God. Those are so cool. Yeah. And then another company called Palisades released them in the early 2000s, actually. Um and there was Space Commander and Time Traveler and all these other characters. Um, and then one other company tried, and they released only three characters in 2005. Um, and then Hasbro just did a re-release a few years back. But they've been um, in all sorts of comic books. Marvel's used them. Images used them. IDW has used them. Um, but the cool thing, I think, on what affects us is the Micronauts had established this this place called the Microverse, which we now know in Marvel Comics. That is true. And that is Micronauts. That's actually, canon and all that? That's where that's from. Are you serious? Is Micronauts briefly had a uh, Marvel comic, which we will cover one today. Um, and the Microverse from Micronauts is what we see in Ant-Man and Avengers Endgame. So this toy line um, greatly affected the MCU as we know it. Uh, and they've been featured in other things as well. They've been talking about doing a movie with them and everything. But um, I just think that's super cool that I didn't we, even know that. That's they kind awesome. of affected, you know, this th- this crossover comic when Marvel picked them up. It was like, oh, sweet. Yeah, just, it was like a sponsorship kind of thing. Ended up, like, creating something in that universe um, and, and had, like, this lasting effect. And I think that's super cool. It's really cool to, to think about that kind of stuff. I, I feel like there's other stuff we've talked about before with, like, crossovers or random, like, character things. And, like, it creates these, like, canon moments that stick. It's like when um, – even, like, movies, when an actor – like, something an actor does in a movie, like, bleeds into the comics. And that yeah. character becomes that because of it. Uh, and I just I love that those effects on that. I think it's really cool. Like when little things like that, I really have this ab- big effect. I appreciate that. That's like that's a cool trivia fact that I I mean I didn't know, and I'm sure a lot of other people didn't yeah. know. Um, wow, that's so cool. And they're they're a cool comic, and I um, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna go first today. Go ahead. I haven't gone first in a while. It has, yeah, it's been a while. Um, you always steal my spotlight because I'm, I'm gonna read this. You're comic. a good closer. You're a good main eventer. Yeah, I've seen it. I've the, seen it. I'm the main eventer. <laughs> I think I think this is from like 1976, 
Um, actually, <laughs> it's, it's funny. It's a two-part. Uh, this is number two in a four-issue limited series of X-Men and the Micronauts. Um, or X-Nets and the Micromen. And it starts with this Micronauts team. Now, the thing is, this Micronauts team looks nothing like any of the toys that I've I've been able to find. Um, but they are in this, like, weird air, the abyss. And they feel like they've, like, they're wondering if they died or not. And Bug, who we've known from, like, Guardians, Guardians and everything, yeah. is actually a member of the Micronauts here. Oh, my God. That's so cool. <laughs> um, and... They're they're talking about everything going on and these creatures attack them and they talked about how they worked with the Baron, um, who's actually an evil character, um, and to fight the entity. But something happened and the entity is still coming after them. Uh, and there's this character Fireflight, who she's being like hit by these psychic waves and brought down. And another character Acro Year, who he is one of the few. He was character- one of the original toys. Yes, he was one of the original toys. Yeah. So he's one of the few that, like, looks like one of the toys. Um, and he's encased in his Spartan-forged armor. He's all but invincible. Um, or Spartak, my bad. There's a K, That's a K. It's very small print. Um, and he's, like, got this crazy sword. He looks very, like, Power Ranger, like, Megazord, Optimus Prime-esque. Um, and he starts fighting, and he actually ends up, one of the monsters reveals that it's his, like, wife- who just gave birth um, to his child, and he ends, something ends up happening and like making him fall off a cliff. Uh, and all of these like micronauts keep appearing. There's like a swamp thing esque micronaut, um, and they all end up like finally taking down these guys and like coming together. Um, and it cuts over to this evil Baron who looks like he's got like a Centurion helmet and everything. Um, and he, the, all of the Micronauts, like, fall upon him. Uh, and meanwhile, at Professor Xavier's school for gifted youngsters, there's all of these, like, naked teens. I don't know why. They're not actually naked. They're, like, in their, like, swimsuits. They must have been just swimming or something. <sighs> and they leave all of their uniforms out. Um, and the Micronauts end up being like put in the x-men uniforms <laughs> it's, it's super weird it's like the old school first class uniform oh my god that's so cool <laughs> and, I, and like i get like i'm marking out over here it's what, really cool what year is this from 76 or 70 oh yeah man. or yeah it would have to be 76 70 not 74 76 or 78 that's my bad <laughs> um and then it cuts over and baron garza um has actually recruited the x-men and like tricking them into being like uh, bad guys i think because i think cars is supposed to be a bad guy um but it's dazzler storm mohawk storm nightcrawler colossus and wolverine um and they're all working for this guy and i love mohawk storm i she's my favorite uh and they are fighting this other like optimus prime oh this is um biotron they're working with Carza to fight biotron uh or no, he, or he's working with them. It, I get so confused in this book. It's a really confusing book. Oh, no. Biotron is actually the plane they're in. That's what it is. He's flying them around. My bad. <laughs> there's this, yes, because there's a, now a panel of Biotron opening his mouth and letting all of them walk out of it. Oh. Yeah. 
Um, and they're in this microverse, and it's literally like they're in a tiny um, – yeah, there we go. Now I'm, I've figured it all out again. They're in this, like, tiny, like, X-mansion, um, and they realize they're actually in the X-mansion, and they're what's tiny. And all of – like, Xavier's been taken over, and all of the Micronauts behind him are now big and wearing the X-Men suit and begin attacking the tiny Micronauts <laughs> – or the tiny X-Men <laughs> – and then the other evil Baron, like, so Karzus may be a good guy. I don't know. He picks up. Um, no, they're both evil. <laughs> it's really confusing. It's hard to read on this one. Um, but it's also only the second issue, so I'm sure I would get more of it if I kept reading. Uh, and I didn't read the first issue, so that probably didn't help. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so there's this awesome, like, of this centurion, like, holding all of the um, the X-Men in his hand. And that's where it ends. Oh. Yeah. Not bad. It's cool. It was I liked legit. that. It was weird. It was very like, yeah, it was definitely like a blast from the past. Um, literally. So artwork, it's pretty classic. It's a little, um, there's some really beautiful panels in here. But then it also is very like old school Saturday morning cartoon. Um, but just, it's so hard to like grade low on old school artwork. Because it's all 100% by hand. Like, it's way more... I don't know. I th- feel like sometimes some of the artwork just... It looks less computer-generated. So it's like... And that's one of the, the only beefs I have with some new artwork is it looks like you drew that with a computer and not, like, with hand. By hand, yeah. Where, and that's not for everyone because, like, Liam Sharp is one of my favorite artists. And he is incredible. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to give the artwork a six. Okay. It's solid. Action. Uh... Uh, a, a, a nine. There's a lot of action, and it's crazy fun. Um, story. So this is where I'm going to give the story a six because I'm sure if I understood it better, I would really like the story. But I'm a little confused. And this isn't Dazzler. That's Kitty Pride. Why does that look like Dazzler? <laughs> <laughs> There's a Kitty Pride have darker hair. Is it Dazzler? What? Oh. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I've never seen that artwork, and that's why I must have assumed and not caught on to it. Um, dialogue. The dialogue is actually super solid. The dialogue, I'm going to give an 8. Rereadability. I'm definitely going to reread this again, partially because I didn't understand it, and also because it's really cool. So I'm going to give the di- or the wow, <laughs> the rereadability an 8. It's not the book's fault. I'm just off. I'm like... Today. You are a hot mess. <laughs> Not a bad thing, though. 37 out of 50 Yeah, for that book. Um, Yeah, that's a cool... I mean, that's that's really cool. I'm glad you brought that tidbit up and then chose that book to really to use for the, you know this episode. Yeah. That's, that goes a long way. I mean, that pretty much... That's the perfect definition of what this this month theme is, is, is stories like that. Yeah. It's cool because, like, these are – this is a specifically a comic book that was really like, hey, this toy line, let's – it's got a cool idea to it. Let's mash it in with, like, um, an existing comic book story. And that's literally what this was, was Marvel was like, hey, we have an opportunity because they were the first comic book, sto- uh, comic book company to pick it up. Marvel did it first, and then other companies picked it up. So Marvel was just like, yeah, let's jump on this. Pioneer of it. Usually they don't take – I mean, they take chances, but – 
you don't see it too often if they take chances like I that, like especially back in that day and that age. Time. You think so? Because, <sighs> yeah, it, maybe not now, I guess. I don't know. It wasn't like it is today. I feel like you have to catch people's attention um, in a different way today, where at that time, like, comic books were used even more as not only, like, a form of entertainment, but almost like an advertisement. Because think about how many ads are in a comic book. Most of so this, many. like yeah. even these, like I, like there's a ton of co- ads in this comic book. You don't get a ton anymore. Um, so hey, rather than buying out a page, let's make the, a story based on these cool characters. Yeah. Um, but it really was only like there was only like one or two legit Micronauts in the Micronauts team, and it's. That was the weird part about it. <laughs> the rest of those characters were like other characters I've seen somewhere before, but they were Micronauts. Okay. Well, still, I mean, they did a, they did a very good job bringing that to comic book life. Yeah, no, it was it's cool. That's that's pretty neat. Um, all right, I'm gonna do my book now, Stretch Armstrong. Uh, I was like, I look, I mean, I took a look at him when I was sk- skimming through, looking as to who I wanted to pick for today, and I was like, Stretch Armstrong. He he looked he looks pretty cool. Right? He's had to have had a comic book. Uh, and it actually turns out he didn't have a comic book until just last year in 2018. Yeah. Uh, in correlation with the new Netflix show, uh, right? That's that's yeah. what it is. New I Netflix haven't watched show. it yet. But. Uh, I mean, I'm hooked by this comic book, and I think it's you know it's definitely worth a watch. Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters, uh, which, are, you know, you probably hear that at first glance. You're like, that's... Weird, <laughs> boring, like I, like that seems like a cheesy like Nickelodeon yes. attempt at reviving something, and you know I actually really enjoyed it. Obviously, it, you know it's doesn't have the same look as Stretch Armstrong, but it's supposed to be the same Stretch Armstrong. He has the same look uh, as far as like features, like hair uh, and face, not as jacked maybe, um, but they. I mean they. This is it's like the same thing. It's connected. It's an interpretation of it, and you know, I I would hate to see more stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, an etch a sketch comic book someday. <laughs> <laughs> what? I know. I want to see a comic book drawn completely with an etch a sketch. I would like that. I would like that very much. Um, so I'll give you guys a little bit of background because you know, obviously, Stretch Armstrong the toy doesn't have much of a backstory, uh, and I'm sh- sure most of you aren't too familiar with the comic book background um all right so uh the first book of this run is called behold the man toy uh but they give a little background and when high schooler jake armstrong and his two best friends nathan park and ricardo perez were accidentally exposed to an experimental chemical called flexarium they developed incredible powers that would change their lives forever Sponsored by Rook Unlimited, the biggest tech company in the world, Stretch, Wingspan, and Omnimass are now a team of teenage superheroes called the Flex Fighters and protecting their hometown, uh, Charter City, from any and every threat. Keeping their identities secret, the three friends try to maintain normal lives, but when the city needs them, the Flex Fighters are there. So it uh, it starts off, it's it throws you right in the fire. It's, it's pretty cool. Uh, this Rook Unlimited company uh, is with the Flex Fighters. They're battling this giant... Like, it looks like a praying mantis. I, I'm pretty, it's, you know, it's, it is a praying mantis, essentially. It's just gigantic. Uh, but basically what happened was a construction company was working on a certain site, did some digging, uh, you know, dug really deep. I mean, that's pretty much how the monsters in the latest Godzilla movie were, well, the second to latest Godzilla movie were found. Uh, that's how dragons were found. I, I forgot what the movie was. 
Uh, back in the 2000s, it was like this. Rain the, of Fire. Rain of Fire, yes. Christian uh, Bale. Christian Bale, that's right. I love that movie. I love it, too. <laughs> I've only watched it twice in my lifetime. I need to find that again. Like, when it first came out to Blockbuster. I think Matthew McConaughey's in that movie, and he's bald. I think you're right, too. I, no. Please look. <laughs> Please look. Uh, but, obviously, digging deep is a bad thing. Uh, but, of course, in comic books. Uh, Especially up your nose. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's how it bleeds. That's a good. That's a good time. But yeah, that's true. Uh, <laughs> anyways, uh, they dug deep, and it's you know, and this this giant bug praying mantis thing comes out of the ground, starts attacking, killing these construction workers, and oh my god, <laughs> I knew it, I knew it. Uh, he's the one who jumped at the dragon. And he's like the eaten. crazy guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so good. Uh, <laughs> great movie. I gotta watch that again. Uh, and yeah, so there, I mean, it's pretty much just a back and forth battle thing, and then uh, there's a lot of like there's some flashbacks with uh, with Stretch uh, going back to his childhood, and he's always saying how his dad had him on this very very tight schedule, so he's giving him chores and tasks to do, and they they show him doing it, and his mom was pretty much the only thing that uh, really got his dad off his back, but unfortunately his mom passed away, and his dad got super even more strict. Uh, and just had him, you know, very, very rigorous schedule. Have to check in with me, this and that. Uh, you know, so he had, in the middle of the fight, he has to go and take a phone break. His dad doesn't know about his abilities. <laughs> so he had to go take a phone break and call his dad and check in with him. And it's like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to make this tonight. Uh, homework and, and this and that to do. Uh, but whatever, the fight continues. They eventually defeat the monster. They, they knock it out using this uh, yeah. Ooh, cool sirens. Get those about one an episode now. Yeah, really. I like this area. Uh, <laughs> acoustical maneuver number one A, they called it, and they did this thing where they just pretty much knocked out this mantoid uh, unconscious, and they strapped it up and loaded it up on a truck and took it away. Uh, you know, this this corporation, I forgot what they're called, but they took it away to experiment on on them uh, on this mantoid and, and figure it out and. Possibly that. So uh, the flex, what are they called? Fighters. Flex fighters. Yeah, there we go. Uh, they actually go into the cave for this tunnel where uh, the mantoid came out of, and they actually find an egg. And the egg opens up, and a bunch of little baby mantoids come out. And they're so adorable but gross when they're all together coming out of the egg. Uh, but what they realize is that this mantoid was just protecting its children, and... Uh, reacted defensively, as uh, you know, that's in the animal kingdom and, and a lot, you know, people tendencies. If you go after, uh, you know, offspring, the parents are going to attack you, and it's what they did. So they realized that they made a mistake, and a, a bit of a mistake. Obviously, they were employed by, I know, their their Rook uh, Foundation was was, you know, it was employed by this company that took it to research it. And, you know, they realized they made a big mistake. And that's where book number one ends. I'm actually going to read book number two uh, after Greg's next book. But before that, a, uh, a quick word from our sponsors. You know, between my day job, being a husband, planning, recording, editing, at least six podcast episodes a week, my days get very, very hectic very, very quickly. That's why I like to start every morning at Sugar Street Cafe, 6926 Buffalo Avenue in Niagara Falls, New York. Between their various coffee products, breakfast sandwiches, 
baked goods, and so much more. They are the best way to start your morning. Check them out Tuesdays through Saturday mornings. Also, follow them on Instagram and Facebook. And we're back, everybody. Welcome back to the panel discussion. Just a quick word from uh, uh, our sponsor, Sugar Street Cafe in Niagara Falls, New York. Happy to uh, have them on board supporting us. Uh, (laughs) I'm okay. You're okay? All right, good. Uh, So, yeah, we're back for more comic book talk, and Greg is going to continue with Micronauts right now. (laughs) After I get over that. Should I just continue my story, and then you get the laughs out? No, it's not going to happen. <laughs> all right. All right. So what happened during the commercial break was uh, Greg showed me this really cool Funko Pop that's coming out of George Clooney's Batman from Batman and Robin. Or, right, yeah, Batman, Batman and Robin, Robin yeah. And it looks really cool, but I looked and I'm, I, I straight up said, where's the bat nipples? And then we came back from commercial break. <laughs> it was like, it was like, where's the bat nipples? And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> Super casual. That's how I roll, man. That's how I roll. Uh Today's episode is sponsored by Bat Nipples. <laughs> is there, I need a sponsorship from Bat Nipples. Sorry, Circus Street. Bat Nipples it is. That's where we're going with here on out. It's just like a nipple guard. <laughs> you know they make like nipple lube and stuff? Like well, I know that? they make nipple tape, but I only know that from The Office because Andy had to wear it so he didn't I tape his nipples when he ran. I used to have to do it for... Uh, Wrestling practice. We used to wear the same for college wrestling. We used to have to wear the same shirt every day, and the materials sucked. They washed it, but the materials sucked, and it irritated me. So, nipple lube companies or nipple tape. If you want to sponsor us, (laughs) the the door is open. We are open for business. Sponsor us. Fund this office space. Fund our dreams. Uh, We'd be proud to represent and use your nipple products. Nipple tape. <laughs> the comic. <laughs> so the, the nipple discussion. That's going to be the name of this episode. <laughs> nipple discussion. <laughs> <laughs> so my second book is Micronauts, number two, from IDW's 2016 run. Um, so IDW, as we know, are like... Sorry, IDW, you know it, but they're the comic book whores. That's like, what this book This yeah, book is from, too. Yeah, they yeah. just, whatever property they can get their hands on, which is like everything, including like Disney, anything, they somehow have the 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 rights to it, even with like Marvel, and they get like Marvel and DC comic rights. They just they just know what they're doing. But yeah, so um, this is number two. I really like the cover. It's like all of the Micronauts like climbing out of a travel mug or a coffee mug, and just a big old Rottweiler's like looming over them about to eat them. Um, and then it cuts like the first the first page is does not give me that vibe at all because it's all of the micronauts diving out of a like um, spaceship as it explodes and right away um, it's way more recognizable. Okay, this is Biotron. This is Arrow Year. This is like you, you know like I recognize the characters a lot faster um, and. As they're falling, this, like, sweet-looking spaceship comes in and catches them all on the tractor beams. And meanwhile, like, enemies are following behind him, and Arrow Year's just, like, stabbing, like, through, like, one of the robots as he's, like, free-falling through the sky. Um, and there's another character, Larissa, who is, like, she's, like, making a shield around them because um, the tractor beam doesn't really catch them, and they end up crash-landing on a planet. Um, and I love it because, like, they're all laying there down, and then Arrow Year just, like, 
just stabs his sword through one of the enemy's heads as they're trying to like crawl away. Um, and th- it's a very interesting looking team. There's a couple like human looking characters, one with like a skateboard. Um, and the ship actually crashes itself. So they come along and, um, that look, they land and they, they're trying to figure out how to like get back to where they, they need to get. Meanwhile, there is like a train station, um, or a little train that ends up picking them up and taking them to this little city. Um, and it's very like, the best way I can describe it is like, it looks like, like Tatooine or like something from Star Wars. Like it's very like the people running around. It's very like old school outposty, but even like the design, oh, yeah. like totally looks inspired by. I like, like that artwork. Yeah. Oh, the artwork's gorgeous, but like something inspired by like like an early Star Wars. Even like the Mandalorian comes to mind right now because I'm watching it, but it has very much that like Western vibe to it. Um, and like the the captain is dealing with this other guy, um. And he's asking him, like, what side have you chosen on the war? And he's saying the universe is dying. Like, my team is here for good intentions, and um, we don't want a part in all of that. Uh, and they're trying to get, like, a replacement battery, and all of a sudden this, like, giant, like, drill lands. And they pick it up and stick it inside Biotron. And there's, like, all this stuff happening there. Still just trying to basically buy um, a this battery. And they're, like, new, trying to get rid of, like, these vapors that are coming from the machine that just landed at the same time. So they end up trading it as, like, part of the, um, like, part of the deal. Like, we'll take care of this if you give us a discount on the battery. And then all of a sudden, um, they say they're coming. They hear... And he's like, what? And all of us, there's just all of these, like, robots flying over them with, like, helicopter wings. And it's really cool. It's that a really, really cool. cool panel. Um, that's kind of how the, the toys were used to be, like, posed. Yeah, so like, those are the original. That's, like, the original Arrow Year. Yeah. And, like, the New Age Arrow Year dives in and starts, like, cutting them up. And, like, uh, he actually shoots a set of wings out just like theirs. And it's really cool. Like, there's all sorts of stuff, like. That they're these monsters, these like robots are shooting at the town. The one girl makes like these like square shields that she like pops up and she's defending everybody. Um, the other girl with the glider is like flying through, taking them all out. And um, a little robot attacks their like alpha <laughs> that they have basically with them. And um, Biotron's just shooting people up. The the shield girl's cool because she just like keeps throwing shields up around random people as they're getting shot at and like saving them. Mom, but it's actually like tiring her out, and that's what they're they're called the space gliders, um, and they're part of the Ministry of Science, which is one of the arm, arm like groups of the army. Um, so they take them down. All of a sudden, the mini- Ministry of Science shows up, pointing their guns, and an evil Baron, um, Baron Dagon, steps out, and it's just this like really cool panel of him like standing there with a machine gun, uh, and he clearly knows. Uh, Oz, who is like the leader of the Micronauts, um, and he's standing over top of like like one of the robots that he shot in the head, and he's just got like his foot on its chest, and two other soldiers behind him, and all of like the the space gliders flying in the background. And this is a really cool book. <laughs> That's sweet imagery. Yeah, it was honestly like I liked this better than the X Men book. Yo, I just realized something. <laughs> I didn't score my last book. Oh, what? <laughs> 
I, you know what? It's okay. I, I can kind of do them both together. Yeah, yeah. I just realized that. I got super excited into You're it. You're the worst. I'm so terrible. Oh. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I just so like, sorry oh, to interrupt. <laughs> I was thinking about bat nipples. <laughs> I want a poster that's just like his chest. We can make it happen. It's just like just the bat hang, symbol. Just then, hanging like, up. Beep, beep. So anyway, uh, I'm going to start grading my book. Art. Ooh, nine. Okay. The art is sweet. It's you beautiful. You kind of get to see it. It's gorgeous. Um, like I said, it does look a little bit like that computer you know, computer generated, but like the coloring is super well done. It's just it's just gorgeous. It definitely it looks almost like they just took like screenshots from a cartoon, but like the shading is beautiful. Just like the coloration of everything. Yeah. Um, action. Easy eight. There, action start to finish. Um, all these great fights. So that. Action eight? Yeah. All right. Story. Um, eight. It's cool. I like these kind of stories. It definitely gave me like this old school like outlaws that are kind of stuck in the middle of the war just because they have these abilities but don't really want to be there. And I always like those stories. Like that's kind of like, again, the Mandalorian or like. Firefly, or even Star Wars, like just these people who they're thrown into the middle of this kind of by the fact that they're really good at something. <laughs> um, so yeah, art, action, and, and story. story. I just gave. I said an eight. Yeah, that's what I said. Yeah, yeah. I got distracted. Yeah, by Bat Batista's nipples. nipples this time. There was actually was Batista. It was. <laughs> It's actually Mason Ryan. Oh. Oh, I forgot about it's, him. It's a kayfabe news article. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad that I actually thought that was Batista. <laughs> Every, I did, too. I actually did. Yeah. I was literally trying to figure out Mason Ryan's name the other day because I used to like him. Yeah, I did, too. Um, <laughs> you suck. Dialogue. I know. I'm terrible. Uh, dialogue is a five. Okay. It's decent. Nothing crazy. Um, and rereadability is an eight. I dig this a lot. Like, I really like this. It really gives me, like, an old school, like, like Voltron or, like, it's just an 80s He-Man. Like, that kind of vibe. And I really like it. And I would really, I would watch this if, like, if Netflix was like, hey, sweet, we're going to do a random Micronauts TV show. I know they keep talking a movie um, now with oh, one of the directors from something. <laughs> How to Train Your Dragon. The director of How oh, to Train yeah, Your yeah, Dragon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did. Yeah. Um, but... I would watch this. I would watch this as a cartoon. It's really cool. It's really different. Um, and I think it's like a unique story right now. But, yeah, so that's that's my. 38 out of 50. You added all them? Yeah, you did. Yes, I did. 38 out of 50 for that. One point better than my last one. That's right. That's right. Um, all right. So I'm going to read this book and then kind of give like a dual score. I mean, the story really continues. And, every, you know, obviously the artwork is sim- the same. Uh, there's a lot of similar things in it, so I guess I'm kind of okay uh, in that respect. But uh, <laughs> it starts off with the Flex Force Fighters. Flex Fighters. Flex yeah. Force is like, like I don't know, it has a good ring to it. It does. It rolls, it rolls off the tongue. I feel like it's a thing, that's why. It should be. Flex Force. It's probably just a bunch of dudes on Instagram just... Taking mirror selfies and flexing and stuff. It's a resistance band chair. Ooh. <laughs> That's why it sounds right. You know, I use one of those all the time. Mm. Hey, give us a sponsorship. Uh, 
Anyways, uh, it starts off with the with the uh, the flex fighters dealing with the little baby uh, mantoids. They're kind of playing it. They're being all cute and cuddly because they think they're uh, the flex fighters are their parents. So they're just kind of crawling all yeah crawling all over and being friendly. And uh, you know, a couple of them they're like, okay, we got to go free the mom and make this right. Uh, so they break in to this facility. They dress up in some has like hazardous suits because uh, the, the intention is for this uh, this creature to be incinerated. Uh, and they go in. They find it. It's behind like these laser like bars. The thing's got they got it really tight. And uh, they're trying to they're trying to break through. Uh, they don't know how. They fight off some you know some these personnel. And then uh, actually the little Maltoid. Right, that's what it was. Mantoid? Mantoid. Terrible. Too Jeez, much, did you read your book? I did. I just, <laughs> too much screwball. Uh, <laughs> but the, the Mantoid babies, they actually break in because they're following the, the, one, the, the one member of the Flex Fighters, the green one. And, you know, he's, he's like, they, uh, you know, they follow me wherever I go. They don't listen to me, but they follow me wherever I go. So they break in, and these things, they start eating, like, the batteries that, that are generating this laser, like, prison thing, and they free the mom, and they all bust out of there, and it's, you know, big, happy ending to the story. Uh, you know, everything's kind of okay. I mean, look at these things. They're so cute. They're so cute. They look just... Oh, they are. They're actually a little, you know, adorable. <laughs> they look like a bunch of little bracks. <laughs> yes. Yes, they do. That's Yes, they do. Uh, but that's really how it ends. So they, they do the right thing. I'm not sure where this storyline continues. I think there's two more issues. Um, but, yeah, that is it for Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters, issue number one and two. Nope. Uh, so I'll just combine the scores. The artwork is, uh, I like. I mean, the cover art is... is Zorak, not Brack. I was wrong. Oh. My bad. That's okay. That's okay. We can all be wrong today. Peace, uh, cool. <laughs> Wild, absolutely wild. Uh, the cover art, I mean, is really cool. I like this art style. I mean, it, it's it hooked me in for the you know as far from a cover from an art perspective. <laughs> Greg is shot, uh, <laughs> not literally, but uh, mentally. Mentally, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, I mean, the, it, throughout the storyline, it's it's not too bad. It, it feels like a you know I said it was like a Nickelodeon kind of twit like take on Stretch Armstrong. And the art style is, feels like a Nickelodeon kind of cartoon uh, in in the modern sense. Not like a bad thing at all, but I was thinking like Saturday Morning Fox, Saturday Morning Fox, WB Kids. That's it. Yes, yeah, it definitely has that vibe to it uh, from an art style, which I like. I mean, I grew up on it, so uh, I'm gonna give that. I'm gonna give it an eight for the artwork. Uh, action. This one. I mean. Like I said, this is for both books, one and two. Uh, between the two books, I mean, the action was it was really well done. There was, it was more action heavy in the first one. This one was more story driven. So uh, I'm going to give overall action score. So gross. <laughs> um, I'm going to give the overall action score between the two books. I'm going to give it a seven because uh, the second book lacked it a little bit. Uh, story. It's a fun little. Uh, it's a fun little story. I mean, it's it's Stretch Armstrong, you know. Uh, you don't know what to expect from it, and I think it's uh, you know it showed that these these heroes they got like, they got morals to them. They felt really bad about you know what they did. They go and free the the mom mantoid and make everything okay. I like the story. I'm gonna give the uh, story a I'm gonna give it an eight. Dialogue. 
dialogue, dialogue. Lots of dialogue in this book. Uh, you know, you really get to see Stretch Armstrong's like backstory with it, with it. Uh, he tells a lot about that with flashbacks and just there's a lot of vocal parts and the team works really well too. You can tell that they're all friends in real life because just the back and forth banter that they all have. It's very jokey and you know kind of like lightly picking on each other, but in a you know obviously brotherhood kind of way. I'm gonna give the dialogue a nine. Very well done in this and rereadability. Uh, you know both these both these books were fun. Uh, they really were and I would. I, I, I really would. It made me intrigued in this iteration of Stretch Armstrong. It, it, it really did. I mean, obviously the toy is cool, but now you're giving a little bit of a life behind him. Yeah. He's not just some toy hanging up and, you know, on a shelf somewhere at some toy store or anything like that. He actually has a little bit of meaning behind him, and I thought they did a good job. Some stretchy dude in his underwear. Yeah, re- looking real awkward. <laughs> I'm going to give... I'm going to give the rereadability a, uh, I'm going to give it an eight. My life story. <laughs> 40 out of 50. For... <laughs> oh, not me, not me. 40 out of 50 for the Stretch Armstrong and the Flex Fighters books. Um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed them. Uh, you know, they were, yeah, they were just very, very well done. Uh, and, and I like to explore these things too, you know, because these are toys that I'm not familiar with. Uh, you know, it, for myself, you know, this is my parents' generation. Yeah. Same Pretty here. much both these books. These were my parents' generation. Yeah. You know, Stretch Armstrong was, he was around when I was a kid, but, I mean, they, they stopped selling them after, like, uh, 1996 or 7, I read. Yeah, Micronauts is totally something, like, I never really, like, experienced at all. Yeah. And, you know, I'm interested to see if, like, Transformers was, like, inspired by them at all. Because, yeah. I mean, the, the, the styling of them is very similar. Very similar. So, but it's also got that like Japanese like Super Sentai like Zord um, style and mech style to it, which Transformers was definitely inspired by in general. So, oh yeah, so that might be part of it. Um, <laughs> yeah, like that's that general like that Japanese mech from that timeline. No, I time zone period. I, time zone period. <laughs> timeline. <laughs> Different timelines. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I think that does it for this week's episode. I, <laughs> Oh, God! (laughs) Oh, God, we're being invaded! (laughs) (laughs) That looks beautiful. Yes, I do. Uh, (laughs) All right, everybody. Do you got anything to say in closing? Say hi, Kyle. Hello, everybody. You were supposed to say hi, Kyle. You did it wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So, buddy, Kyle Randy, my new co-host on the the two-point conversation. You You smell good, too. Thank you. You're really good. All right. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> uh, in closing, um, is it next week? Next week already? Next week. We're yeah. going to go to a galaxy far, far away with some friends of ours. So that'll be a special episode. We are actually pumping out two episodes next week. Yep. Um, we will have our normal broadcasting as scheduled on Tuesday and then Monday. Well, episode on Tuesday, but yeah. Yeah. Yeah, don't correct me, Matthew. Stop yelling. <laughs> but we, yeah, we got to figure out which day of that week uh, we'll be releasing along the probably the day before Star Wars is released. Hopefully, or so the maybe day that of. Wednesday night. Yeah. Okay. Um, we'll be releasing a Star Wars discussion episode. Um, we will be talking the new movie, maybe a comic or two if we have time, um, and uh, Star Wars toy lines because they were crazy and awesome, and we kind of talked about it today, but. Um, yeah, there was some really good stuff. So we'll be talking about all that next week. 
alongside our normal um, ad episode as planned. So tune in for both. Big, big week for us. Um, yeah, that does it for the panel discussion for this week. And like Greg said, double feature next week. Super excited. Make sure you uh, go support our sponsor, Sugar Street Cafe, and uh, tune in with us next week right here 